listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Let's record, dummy. Welcome to episode 92 of Sentimental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is Stephen Hovicki and as always I'm here with my co-host Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest today has nearly two decades of experience working in the film and TV industry in various capacities mostly work in and on locations in New York City. He's also in the process of launching a radio show slash podcast that will be taking a deep dive into movie soundtracks. Mike O'Neill welcome to Cinemental. Hey guys thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you. I uh, I virtual virtual air quotes met you on uh, as a as a regular and listening to the Rogue Matter podcast or the Rogue Wave podcast uh, that Hassan uh, co chairs. You uh, you hit me up and were like, "Hey, uh, I like what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, this is what I do. What do you what do you guys think? Think I can come on?" I'm like, "Ah, sure, why not?" <laughs> yeah, I've been noticed a few of the shows like i was driving back and forth and just listening to you guys and uh, a few of them where you talk about some of the the more behind the scenes stuff i was like yeah, i feel like i could kind of shed some some light on some of that it would be kind of fun to see how that works out awesome awesome well i'm very very happy to have you um so what what exactly do you do when it comes to uh in locations uh in in, in that department well the, the one thing that i don't do that everybody always seems to think they do is i don't do so much scouting um we send scouts out to find the places but once they find once they find the places there's paperwork to be filed i i uh, specialize mostly now in getting permits um getting people paid um and just basically kind of arranging all the logistics how do we you know how do we park all, all of our trucks in the street where's the crew going to go to the bathroom that whole thing and just you know so so a bunch of other people find these spots the director says this is where we want to do it and basically you're the guy that ensures that they can and it happens one of one of many. Yeah, right. I'm but that's I've, kind I've of your, that's your slot. <laughs> I most recently have been the guy in the office who does all the paperwork on the back end. So right on. So there's right that on. looking to get back out in the field and start uh, kind of being the person on the street that people actually yell at when they get mad that a film crew is on their street. <laughs> but um, but uh, I've been stuck in the office for the past couple of years. What um, is there anything is there anything you've worked on? Did you work on anything with any regularity that uh, that we would know in general? Like, did you, did you work on any of the Law and Order stuff? Or I have. I did a few seasons of uh, Law and Order SVU. Okay, cool. Season ten, I think, was the last season I did, um, but was there for I think episode two hundred where we had Robin Williams. Oh, um, yeah, know that episode was on was on a few of them. The one where they my my favorite one that I did was the one where they. Um, they went to the animal smuggling ring and Staler ate the tiger. Oh, and the hyenas. <laughs> Cause That's actually right. the, the, the animal warehouse was, was my location to kind of oversee. Nice. <laughs> so nice. like we had, we had the animal wranglers come in and they're like loading in ligers and bears and everything <laughs> like a few hyenas. 
like awesome. people are building sets. It was uh, it was good fun. Awesome. But yeah, did did that. I, I you know I've been on a lot of uh, a lot of those one season shows that show up. Most recently, I did uh, Emergence. It was ABC. Okay. Yes. Girl survives a plane crash, has superpowers, weird stuff happens, hmm. intrigue, mystery, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Hilarity. Yeah. yeah. Forever, which was the the one with the, the yes. Welsh guy, Mister Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I did, uh, uh, I did Ian, Ian Griffud or Ian Griffud or whatever. Johan, I think. Is it Johan? Oh, yeah. He's pronounced it, and I I never could repeat it. I've, so. I've heard him <laughs> pronounce it Johan. So it's Johan. That's how what I've heard. Now, yeah, I could be dead wrong. So, and I still can't pronounce his last name. I don't know how you pronounce Griffud, or you know, I don't know how yeah. that goes. But I've heard it. Uh, I've heard his first name pronounced uh, Johan. So. Yeah, it's it's funny. I was a, a few months back. I was watching a a, a a British TV series that took place in Wales, and it was hilarious because all the signs and every place they went was just hysterical. Because you're just looking at them, and you're like, "Well, I hope they say this because I don't uh, even know how the fuck you're yeah. supposed to say this stuff when there's no goddamn vowels." So it's like, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. It's like trying that. to read Russian. You know, it's like what? what is well, this? yeah, but at least with Welsh, they're all the right characters. I mean, Cyrillic, I get it. There's characters you just don't recognize, but I mean, yeah. you look and you're like, oh, come on, drop, drop an A or an I in there or something. I mean, come on. it's like W W Y G R. Yeah, give me a little guidance. Give me, give me a little help. And it's like, and it's like Jeff, and you're like, how do you get the Jeff from there? I don't understand. But uh, what well, cool like man! You, it's, uh, the word the the name Sivan. If you if you've ever seen that spelled out, it's a uh, S I O, uh, I think S I O B H A N. Mm-hmm. But Siobhan, yeah. I think yeah, Siobhan, but it's Siobhan, you know. Yeah. Oh, with like, a V, okay. Yeah, and it's like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like why is a why is a Sarahize Ronan? <laughs> Is that you talking about sunrise? You mean, <laughs> yeah, sunrise, sunrise, ro- sunrise. Yeah, Horace, yeah. yeah, I don't. The only reason I know how to pronounce her name is because she actually she gave you she gives you a little helper. So she says her name is Sersha. So she says just think of inertia and you'll be able to oh, pronounce my name. Go. And I was nice. like, all right, done. Now I got to. Yeah, now you me. can't lose it. Yeah, man. I just think of the sound a brush makes. <laughs> It's it's Ronan. Nice. I love that. I hate people with weird Uh, names. It's annoying. Oh oh. yeah. Why can't everyone just be named Jeff Smith? (laughs) Yes, everybody. Everybody's name is Jeff. Everyone. You're you're Jeff Smith. One one nine one four. A lot easier. Let me tell you. It's a name and a number designation from now on. And that's also your phone number, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yes. your driver's license. Just to make it easy for everybody. Your personal communication device uh, contact number. Um, all right, let's uh, let's suffer from consumption. Uh, Latham or Hassan, who, he wants to, who wants to kick off? Go ahead, Hassan. All right. I still haven't finished, but I watched some more of Peaky Blinders. Okay. It's hard. This third season is hard to get past. I'm nope. having, having a little bit of trouble getting past it, but just because of the momentum kind of changed in the show. So when the momentum changes in the show, if I've been binging it, when the momentum changes, I have a 
I start to I start to flake out and lose interest. But same I'll get thing, back. Into same it. thing happened to me with Ripper Street. I got into the fourth season, and it just it it just feels completely different for some reason. And I got like an episode and a half in, and I, to be honest, I haven't gone back to it. Yeah, yeah, that's. I don't, there's no cure for that. There's no way to avoid that. You know, um, yeah. it's you know the binging culture is just it's it's a brand new thing. Nobody knows how to defend against it, but. You know, I, I mean, I like the show and I'm, I'm curious, so I'll, I'll go back to it. But yeah, I did. It, it has been it's on the hiatus. first the first <laughs> I think the first two or three seasons were really easy to get through. And then this one's like kind of a little tough. <laughs> it's on personal hiatus. <laughs> yes. Yes. I put it on personal hiatus. The Falcon and Winter Soldier. I watched a behind the scenes little documentary uh, episode of about an hour about, you know, all nice. the blah, blah, blah. Went into making that. I uh, watched the Invincible finale. Which everybody says is the greatest thing they've ever seen. And I'm like, all right, I guess so. That's How many cool. episodes was it? Six? I think it's eight. Okay. It was eight. Oh, they dropped three at the beginning, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I all think right. it was eight. And how long are the episodes? They're pretty long. They're about 40 minutes, almost an hour. They're, they're oh, a decent okay. size. You know, it's well done. Uh, my only problem with it, it's the Blade Runner thing again. It's like I've seen this before. Like I've seen this trope a bunch of times before. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean it's not well done, but it's not it's not breaking any ground for me. So that you know it is what it is. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't. It you know there's no merit to it. It doesn't deserve to exist. I'm just saying, just me personally, it's, it's okay. I got you. Okay, so I watched the. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still shamelessly watching the Mighty Ducks television show, <laughs> one one episode at a time. Uh, that has finished, Emilio, right? Yes, he okay. is in it. A little portlier than than. Then. yeah i saw like a like a <laughs> so, like a promotional still or something for that pop up on something for yeah for that week's releases on disney plus or whatever and i was like is that emilio he's, in the middle i'm like yeah he's wearing it with pride though he's leaning into it well, you know but him. um but i mean he is yeah he's a little i finished uh season five finished all the all of uh outlander so i got all the way through season five which is the season five finale is pretty freaking heavy so you know warning yeah. Um, is that show is that show over done with? No, they got like I think two or three more seasons to go. Okay. All right, uh, definitely been greenlit for another two seasons. I don't know about uh, season eight, but uh, they're definitely coming back. And it's just they're on. It's just a COVID, you know, forced hiatus kind of situation. Gotcha. I started watching Shadow and Bone. I haven't finished that either. Okay, which is strange yeah, for me because I that. usually just just blaze through these especially it's only about eight episodes i think uh maybe seven seven or eight episodes but it's uh you know i don't Is know that was that based on a ya series N- not really it's a it's a it's based on a book a series of books by uh lee bardugo who's a very good writer okay but i'm you know i'm just not a i mean it's it's good it's just you know it's not <laughs> it, good to the point where i'm just not going to stop watching it to do other things you know right. kind of situation <laughs> and it wants to be Game of Thrones. Now the book itself doesn't doesn't uh, purport to be, uh, you know, a Game of Thrones clone or anything like that. But the show, the sh- the well, the producer, yeah. I mean, I, everyone's going to aspire is, to greatness. I mean, yeah, but geez, like <laughs> if you got to like, shoot for something, aim for the aim for the best. Yeah, can we slow down with these subplots? You know, like with these <laughs> all these people who look exactly the same. Can we just you know, cheat, 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 cheat? Yeah, exactly. Can I, can I get a helper here? Uh, I watched the next episode of The Equalizer, which is back off hiatus now. So okay. you missed your chance there, Steve. Um, <laughs> I watched the first episode of The Bad Batch, which Dolce loved. 
So that's something. And you? It was okay. Okay. It's all right. It's, it's I'll, I'll give it some time. And I'm watching the episode because it was it was yesterday was May the fourth. It was Star Wars Day, Steve. Yes, so it was. I had to watch Rogue One. Uh, oh, just to, okay. You know, it was a palate cleanser. And uh, we, we did the same thing, I think. <laughs> also, did you you watch the Bad Batch? What did you think of it? it was about the same. Want to see where it goes? I'm curious. It's. It, have you, I'm have curious you, to see what happens. Have but, you uh, seen all the other stuff, Mike? Have you seen uh, the the Clone Wars, the cartoons, and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. Star Wars guy, excellent. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's well done. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. You know, I wasn't super excited about when I heard that they were gonna, you know they were going to do another show and it was the Bad Batch. I was like, oh come on, like those guys from like three or four episodes of season seven, you know, yeah. of uh, like of all the things you could continue, you want to continue that, but. I was dead wrong about Filoni with uh, Star Wars Rebels because I, I, yeah. I seriously poo pooed that as a as a Disney, you know, as a Disney knockoff of you know attempt to to water down the Clone Wars, and it really really grew into its own thing. So I'm hoping the Bad Batch will do the same. From my personal opinion. So yeah, so I, I watched. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a waste of my time. It just you know it was just all right. A bunch of clones running away from. Other clones, I got it. All right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep it moving. Uh, I started my uh, my my you know yearly annual my or or, or to be redundant yearly annual um, rewatch <laughs> of uh, Deadwood. Okay, uh, and I watched the movie when our movie night with my friends. Uh, we watched. Uh, they came to Cordora, I think nineteen fifty seven. Wow, Gary Cooper movie. Yeah, it was very interesting movie. Maybe someone will pick it for the show. It's it's a very <laughs> interesting movie. I, I don't know if it's a it's I don't know if I would call it a great movie. It was really interesting. It's a you know and Gary Cooper, so yeah, you can't. Really is, it a, what, is it a western or is it a mystery? I mean, what it, kind what, of a western? It it takes place in I guess you could call it a western. It's uh, the the kind of the Rough Riders, and they're you know the the beginning of it is a skirmish with the Rough Riders and uh, Pancho Villa. Okay, and then <laughs> and then the rest of it. You know, a group Isn't. of the, a, yeah, a group of the the regiment break off to go to uh, to go back to base, but that's one of those like long slogs, and everybody is mistrusting of one another, and you know, blah blah blah, and you know, the elements are working against them. They're running out of food and water. They lose their horses. You know, all the all the bells and whistles of that kind of stuff, and then you know, they all start to turn on each other. Um, and I think, uh, and Rita Hayworth is in it also. Gary Cooper and Rita Hayworth. Nice. It's a, it a good movie, though. It was really good. That was me. That was my week. All right. Uh, Latham? We wa- continued on with our shows, my daughter and I. We've been watching Forensic Files. We've gotten, there's 10 collections on Netflix. We just got to the fifth. So we've watched like 100 and, I don't know, 20 episodes or <laughs> wow. 40, 60. It's just nuts. But they, they're so good. We're going to keep but are you convinced that humanity is, is scum after watching that many? <laughs> yeah, they've started they started putting some in that are like just scientific ones, like this fog descended on this town and caused the worst car crash ever. And uh oh, okay, cool. It was out by you guys somewhere. I think it was Virginia or something, uh, in like 1990. Uh, you can look it up, but they figured out where the extra fog came from. That was a cool <laughs> okay, uh, and no one people died but they weren't murdered so it was right right it was but that's a that's a cool idea though for a show like that though i think they stopped doing science ones and realized people just want to know about the killers so they <laughs> killers pretty much from 
Fair point. Four or five on. Um, we watched, uh, we're moving almost at the end of season three of ER. There's a great one where, uh, where Mark Green gets uh, attacked and it's brutal. It's like, it's violent. And Is that the one where he goes to prison? Where he's in the that's prison? That's with uh, Jaiman Hansu, right? Uh, uh, Mobilaje, right? Uh, no, that's what, are you thinking about when he goes to Africa? No, he's, he's treating, isn't he treating this African guy? And he freaks out at one point. Uh, that might be another one coming up. I, I seem to remember that one too. This one, they play it up that it could be three different people that did it from past oh. cases. And he's just in the bathroom at work and he just gets oh, okay. scammed into the sink. Okay. And his I don't even know that stomped. one. It, it's rough. It's rough to watch. And it's like, I can only imagine in 1996 or seven, yeah, people watching this on network TV. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it, the context of it is it's, it's pretty graphic. It's uh, it's a scary episode, and the episode's called Random Acts. So you don't <laughs> it doesn't happen until towards the end, and it's like, is it a random act of kindness? No, it's a random act of no. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that was uh, we watched those. Uh, I watched three movies, two I had seen before. Nice. Actually, I saw five movies, but I never count yes. the ones we're watching for the podcast. So uh, right. me and Amaya the previous week had watched Blade Runner. So Sunday we watched. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 and that was the third time I had seen it you know she she loved it and you know she loves both movies which makes me love her even more because she's (laughs) the right decision (laughs) but watching it again it's it's really great I just question the use of Harrison Ford but that's the only problem I have with it and it's minimal Uh, otherwise it's you know it's a pretty fantastic what, what's your problem with bringing him back no i don't have problem bringing him back it's i think it's just too evident how minimal he is by how they pace him in the movie by bringing him in for like basically the last two Act. two fifths yeah and yeah. basically and he's not he's not um uh for a slight spoiler for anyone listening who hasn't yeah. seen it he's not really instrumental to the to the to the wrap up you know he's kind of a bystander true you know right but they do make it clear that he was a replicant in the first one with a couple lines which i didn't really notice the first time so i thought that was or the second time i saw it but there's lines in there that pretty much you know make it clear so i don't know why there was a debate any time after this movie came out but I don't know. Love the debate. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we watched that. I uh, on Netflix I was telling Steve earlier, uh, uh, Steve and Mike Hassan that um, they they had just at the beginning of every month they always put a bunch of new movies up, but this month it looks like they put up a bunch of ones I wanted to see again or haven't seen, want to see. It just you know I, I always filter through it and see what's on there. But uh, they put on the Lovely Bones. And oh. the thing with the lovely bones is this every t- I, this, this is probably the sixth time I've watched it. Every time wow. I watch it, I know I can make myself like it more before the movie's over. And every time it never happens. I want this movie to be good so bad. I keep watching it and keep watching it because the book is one of my favorites. The director's one of my favorites and the movie's gorgeous and it's just missing just some absolutely key component that I can't put my finger on. But every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, it's not, 
it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. There's great parts, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, Deirdre really liked the book too and felt similarly to you about the movie. She just felt like it didn't, it missed the mark somehow. It just barely does. I mean, Stanley Tucci is unbelievably perfect. He is perfect as the bad guy. Uh, I think he got nominated for an Academy Award for it. That's how good he, I think it's the only nomination the movie got. And he's great. He is, he is brutal. Uh, brutally just a unique character in the movie and everyone acts fine it just is missing something I can't put my finger on it but I'll forget about it again and probably watch it next year and hope it's better (laughs) Hassan do you have uh, an opinion as to why it's not good (laughs) you you seem to be no comment I'm not going to comment on that film (laughs) okay or the book (laughs) oh if you got a problem with the book then we're going to have a problem um, no, you, you'll never know because I'm not going to make a comment about it. Oh no, I know already. I've already <laughs> had the argument in my head in the last ten seconds. You know what I wanted? How did I do? How did I do? Uh, did you I lost. Do you lost bad. <laughs> you lost bad. But you'll uh, don't worry. It just happened in my head, so it doesn't matter. Shocker. Uh, and then also, I went to a theater and saw a movie in the theater what? with my friend Carl for his birthday. But he picked the movie. And did he pick nobody? <laughs> What did you say? Did he pick nobody? Nope. Okay. He picked, believe it or not, Mortal Kombat. Did he really? He really did. He really picked Mortal Kombat. And when we were going up the escalator, I looked at him. I said, you know we're going to see Mortal Kombat in the movie theater. Or something to to that end. But no, he wanted to see it. And he chose it. And it's his birthday. So he gets to pick. So Mortal Kombat. I never saw the original. Really? No, I just oh. had no interest. I don't. And that's the same reason I wouldn't want to see this one. I just, the, there's just nothing there. It's just not interesting to me to have just different people fight each other in a tournament. If there was some more, more of a goal or more of a story arc or something. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, you should have loved this then because there's no fucking tournament. <laughs> well, I mean, I, Hassan, I still, mean Hassan still hasn't seen it clearly. <laughs> it, 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 it's more the journey than the destination, right? So yeah. That, I mean, in all honesty, the movie looks great. Sure. Uh, the effects are great. Uh, the fighting is fun. But it's exactly what I thought. There's just nothing... Even the acting's not that bad. It's just, there's just nothing there. There's just nothing interesting about these people. I mean, if you're into the game and you want to see these characters brought to life, sure, it's going to interest you. But yeah. I didn't play the game and maybe once or twice and I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's the perfect like middle ground movie. It's okay. There's some good kills and then the movie's over and Thankfully, you can go get something to eat because that will be more exciting than the movie. So, yeah, I I, I kind of felt the same way. I felt like it was just like it was it was you know very much along the same line. Well, I mean, less of a less of a story arc, really, obviously, than even a, than a Michael Bay popcorn movie. But a fact that I mean, there just kind of was like A to B with B not being the end of the story, you know. And I understand, yeah, exactly. that, of course, after the fact that they set up the fact, you know, the idea that oh, it's the first of a trilogy and it sets everything up. I don't even understand the ending or who that is they're talking about at the end of the movie. Right, right, right. And Anyone nor doesn't do, nor know? Do I care? I don't. And right, care. and if you don't know the mythology, you're not going to. Right. I don't care. That won't get me to see the second one. Johnny Johnny Cage is a key character in the game, 
Oh, that they just chose not to introduce in the first film. You know, okay. clearly it was set up that he would be in the second and onward or whatever. So whatever, okay. that's fine. You know, if, yeah. if they if it ends up making enough money that it warrants them making a, a second one, great. If not, oh well. You know, mm-hmm. but um, funny, funny, uh, Hassan, you can come back on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't. Did he liked the movie or no? He hasn't seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. So he didn't. That's right. No, the best part is when he stuffed the brain in the guy's wrecked him that was the awesome <laughs> kill <laughs> the old brain ass found these <laughs> they might be your size <laughs> try these on <laughs> i started watching scott pilgrim but then uh, something came up and i knew i wasn't gonna uh, me and hassan said we'd we'd each watch a movie but he didn't watch his movie either so uh, I, I just yet. got about 10, 10 minutes in. So uh, I, I won't. Yeah. I mean, I like what I saw. What's the movie Hassan's going to watch? I forgot. Tenet. Tenet. Okay. All right. And that's it. That's all I saw. I'll watch it this weekend. So oh, no. Me too. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll watch it too. Cause I have never seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world either or Tenet for that matter. So oh, wow. Go. I could do Ugh, You guys, you guys. So uh, I guess we've, I guess we've suffered enough. So for Mike's uh, for Mike's main feature pick, uh, we were going to dip into the world of John Wick. I'm up. I'm up. You like that, huh? Nice ride. Thanks. How much? Excuse me. How much for the car? She's not for sale. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. That nobody? That nobody. Keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I'm not afraid of John Wick. Uh huh. Two thousand fourteen, directed by Chad Stahelski and also by David Leach, with a running time of one hundred and one minutes. A retired syndicate hitman, a legend, has successfully escaped from that world when his wife passes away and his parting gift from her is taken away from him by his former boss's son, albeit unknowingly, this triggers a chain of events that will lead him back into a world of hurt so intense, everyone will feel it. Mike, why'd you pick John Wick? Like in terms of locations, it is hands down, I think my my favorite movie in terms of like professional appreciation. Um, wow, that's, a, like... that's, a, that's an interesting way to approach that. I'm <laughs> forward to hearing that. In terms of uh, like a, I know we're I know all the locations because we use a lot of them often. Okay, and it's just but just the entire way that they built the entire movie where it's uh there's a mythology and it's just below the surface of the world that we all know and I think that they really played that up with like how they pick the locations and you know even the geography doesn't necessarily make sense but it kind of just feels like it it comes to life in in the way that it works in the movie. 
It is. Uh, it is a little strange because that movie is one of the very few movies supposedly based in New York that doesn't really feel like New York to me. <laughs> like when I watch it, it's like, um, like it looks like I know they're in New York, you know, because I've seen some of the landmarks, but it, it, it's got a completely alien feel to it about, right. you know, about where they are and what they're doing, you know, and then it has, it has that neon aesthetic. That's always, you know, yes, it's always yeah. awesome for me. So. I think, I think that's the thing. It like, it looks familiar, but it's like, also it's like, Oh no, this is what happens when you're, when you're not down there looking at these particular buildings at any given time, like in the middle of the night, it's just a bunch of assassins throwing themselves (laughs) out windows and (laughs) crazy shit going on everywhere. It's, I mean, and to your point, that's, that's an interesting way to to approach that because it it is, that's an interesting thing to think that, that these are all places that we know or have seen or have actually stood in. And yet the way that they managed to put them across on screen it makes them seem like it's an entirely different world and yet still be the same place. And you're like, nothing there looks like that. That's not how it is. And yet you're like, but that's the place I've stood on that corner, but it didn't look like that when I stood on that corner. Well, yeah. yeah. And also it's like uh, the, the surrogates court where they filmed the Russian bathhouse Mm -hmm. and the dance club scene where he, you know, he charges in there. That's a building that's used a lot. I think, I think uh, Law and SVU, I think that they rented out a section of that building for a while as like a permanent set. And, yep. I, you know, so I've been in there many times. I'm familiar with inside and you go inside, you're like, oh, this is like this big opulent thing. And you're right. kind of, you're kind of thinking like, there's something like other than just like <laughs> the department of planning in the corner over there. There's got to be something <laughs> else here. It's probably something sinister, but you're never going to see it. And Yeah. I've been down then... there once and you're right. It's like, you go down by those buildings and you're like, wow, these are, these are like great buildings. And you're right. If you, if you, if you, had pictures in front of you you knew them well enough i'm sure that they pop up much more often than you even realize in the mm-hmm. backgrounds of stuff yeah for, shoot, for shooting down there i i have absolutely no doubt um yeah i uh i i am a tremendous fan of this movie i remember i remember it when it came out and people were kind of like it was it it came out and it didn't like take off immediately. It took out, it, it landed and people were like, everyone, the few people who went to see it were like, holy shit, this is a really cool movie. You, you know, it really got the, mm-hmm. this sort of was built over time where it was like, you need to go see this. And this is a pretty, this is kind of an amazing movie. And it's a substantial shift, I think, in action films, much the same way that, the born films were uh it was an it was an upgrade it was the next logical sort of evolution of of heavy heavy stunt and heavy fight sequence choreography uh built into films you know and one of the interesting things about this is the the guy that directed this uh has been a stunt coordinator in hollywood for 30 years i mean this guy's been doing if you go back and look at the movies this, this guy did stunts on his resume, his resume on IMDb is absolutely mind blowing, you know, and then it's interesting. He's listed as, as the director's guild will not allow two names except under certain circumstances as being listed as directors on a film. And Chad Stahelski and David Leach actually co-directed this movie, but David Leach took the full producer's credit and Chad Stahelski went out of his way. He removed his name as a producer, even though he's a, technically a co-producer on the film 
So, cause he got the director's credit. So he let, you know, him, they kind of split the credits, even though they both kind of did both jobs uh, mm-hmm. for the film, which was an interesting, uh, interesting little tidbit about uh, dealing with the unions and stuff like that with Hollywood and like, and like crediting on, on all that kind of different stuff. Uh, I first saw this movie. I didn't see it in the theater. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't into it enough. I was well into my era of, of not going to see movies in theaters because I hate people. Um, so, uh, I, I saw this at home by myself and I was just, I got done watching it and I was just like, what, what did I just, what did I just watch? And I, I literally went back to the beginning of it and started it over again and and fast forwarded to the first that got that kind of first fight sequence in the house again, just because I had to see, I had to watch that sequence again, just because it's like, you know, first of all, it's Keanu Reeves, which, you know, when that movie, when he did that movie, the last four things he had done were like, you know, the, the one that had the, you know, arguably the one that had the most action and it was Constantine. And it just ain't the same kind of thing at all. You Mm -hmm. know, he's not, you know, then he has Lake house and I don't know, two other, mediocre if not bad films that I think he had the, the 13 samurai or something like no, that no 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 that wasn't that wasn't one of the ones that had come out uh in his last four in his block of last four movies but okay but that was prior to john wick though that that okay. movie all right so okay all right i'm just saying <laughs> I, i'm not saying it's not a bad movie which it is but i'm just saying it's before the line which i was demarcating with anyway doesn't matter so he had not yet. Yeah, well, okay. More if you want to go that route, then I suppose there's well, you know, that way too. I, I, okay. I, I, I just, I, I like, I like Constantine. So I'm not going to put that as a bad movie. No, I like Constantine a lot too, but there's a lot between that and John Wick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you include Constantine, but I know that in between there, that was the Samurai movie. Between Constantine and the John Wick movie, there was that straight, I think it's 13 Samurai or something like that. 47 Ronin. Was it 47 Ronin? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, Right before John Wick. It's a Wick. version yeah. of that story. Okay. You know, which, but it, yeah. He's got some just clunkers and then he'll just once in a while have something like a Scanner Darkly or Constantine. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's, yeah, he, he does, he films a lot of movies, this dude. I think just before, just before John Wick, though, I think it was, this is, this is a derogatory, though. So, um, yeah. A lot of um, bad movies between John Wick and Constantine. I, a lot. I think he was very close to achieving Nicolas Cage status, you know, where it's like, oh, fucking, yeah, sure. fucking Nicolas, you know, like the day the earth stood still remake. Come on, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, that is all I watched. On, I watched man. the last half of that the other day on cable. It's almost unwatchable how bad that is. It's it's just if, so if, if you're not looking it's at Jennifer Connelly, that's the only reason to really focus on that movie. Uh, that movie is just bad. Um, anyway, yeah, but that's an old different movie. Uh, so John Wick, uh, Hassan, what do you think of John Wick? Yeah, I I or what didn't, do I, you think of John Wick? I should say. I skipped it. I had skipped it um, originally. Um, I had heard that it was a, you know, that I I'd heard the rumbling about it. People are like, yeah, that's you know, that's a really good movie, and I'm and I was like, I I always knew i would see it i wasn't trying to avoid it i just wasn't interested in seeing it yeah and i figured it was um it was probably like a one of those uh compromise movies where it's not bad but it's not good you know like i would say 47 ronin isn't terrible but it's just not a good movie you know it's just it's watchable but it's not a it's not like a great film so i figured 
John Wick would just be okay. Keanu Reeves has got a bunch of guns and he's gonna shoot a <laughs> bunch of people. And you know, and I'm you know, I'm probably as a as a guy, you know, I'm probably gonna enjoy that, you know, to some extent. But you know, I'm not in a rush to see it. And it just, I just kept hearing about it over and over again from other people. And you know, like, like you know, as as you're in your circle of friends, yeah, you know, the the, the you know, closer and cl- it gets closer and closer where you know, friends that you're really you really respect it. Like, no, did you see John wick yet? <laughs> so I watched the movie and I, yeah, I, I love the film. I really, the only, there's, I only have one problem with the John wick movies and it's kind of hard to talk about. So I'll, I'll well, save it. You're on a show where we, yeah, I can't stuff. really talk about it too much, but it's, uh, it's, I had an idea. I had a story that was very similar to one of the elements in, in the John Wick story. So no fault of theirs. They got there first, but it's, it's a little, it's fucking annoying, but, um, yeah, and especially since, yeah, especially right. since those movies are so well done and so well regarded, you know, it's like, Oh man, this is not even going to fall into obscurity, you know, so that I can yeah. claim it back, you know, one day I, I do like, you know, the, the other world, just like Mike said, uh, that that's created in this film. I I love the, I love the work that they did. Even the, even the design of the subtitles that they did, you know, uh, where you know it's it's just 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 everything everything in the film is just interesting. Like it's just an interesting angle on, you know, just about everything. I like that there's no ambiguity about Keanu Reeves. You know, there's I mean they just like oh man he's this they they do kind of the same thing. I remember when I was a kid and watching uh, First Blood for the first time and. Troutman shows up and he starts talking about like, yeah, you don't understand. This guy is really crazy. He eats goats and stuff like that. He's up in the mountains. You're never going to get him out <laughs> of the I've seen him eat things that would make a billy goat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember with like being a kid, like, oh my God, so badass. I, one day I want to be the guy where someone else comes and tells, you know, tells other people <laughs> how badass I am, right? <laughs> so watching john wick they do the obligatory no you don't understand this guy is otherworldly he's you know he's killed a whole bunch of, he, he tried to kill god once and he almost succeeded and that scene that you're that scene in the film is done so well mm-hmm. because it's literally done with a phone call when he calls up aurelio to find out why he punched his son and he's like he stole john wick's car and killed his dog and the dad just goes oh <laughs> and hangs up the phone and that's it when he's telling his when he's telling his son when he's telling uh, Theon Greyjoy, um, <laughs> poor fucking Theon Greyjoy can't catch a break in anything that he does. He was also in Harlots, like season three of Harlots, where he was just he was the same shit heel. Like he's just the whole, he's always the same guy. Alfie Al, uh, always yeah. a shit heel. Alfie's autobiography. <laughs> yes, always. It's, it's, that book's gonna sell a lot though. Always um, the shit. <laughs> He, when he's when his dad is telling him the story about like he's not the boogeyman, he's the guy you said to kill the boogeyman. So it does have this kind of element of oh come on, like it's one of these ooh you know, but it's it's he it's done so uh, it's done so matter of factly that it, you know that it kind of resonates more. It's not you know there's no slow pushing on him with the, you know with this really dramatic music. He's just like no, we are fucked. We are fucked because of you. You did this. Now I'm going to have to try to fix it. And then there's a cathartic, you know, aspect to the character where he's like, I'm going to try to fix this, but it's not going to work. <laughs> We're all going to die. Yeah. That's, you know? And again, that's another great scene on the phone where he calls him. Wick never says a word. And then he hangs up the phone. And then the lawyer is like, what do you say? And he just goes, 
enough. <laughs> it's um, it's just you know, really. I mean, it's a rudimentary movie, rudimentary action movie. It's just really slick as hell. And Keanu Reeves. I mean, look, I love Keanu Reeves. I don't have anything against his acting or whatever, but he does his best work when he doesn't speak. Um, and that's not a dig on how he speaks, but he just has. He's tall. He's kind of lanky, and he does have a presence. Like the scene at the end when he kills Beyond. <laughs> and he kind of just saunters out of this carnage and just in you know in slow motion just sidles up to the guy you know this guy that he's been looking for for 45 solid minutes and he's killed an unprecedented amount of people to get to this guy and there's no posturing there's no you know there's there's, there's no grandstanding or anything like that he just pops the kid you know in the middle of uh in the middle of his last words, which were, uh, I imagine it was just a fucking dog. I think yeah. he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And that scene in particular, kind of, while I was enjoying the film up to that point, that scene just made me feel like, okay, this is, this is kind of otherworldly. You know, this is, this is, this is something completely different. You know, I really, I really enjoyed it up to this point, but this, that point is a legendary moment, you know? Um, that's like the same for me as the, the push-in scene for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when, he's, when he saves the children from the mine car. It's just like one of those like seminal moments. Now, the, the other thing that they do really well in the film, and I don't know how they did it, and it might be by accident, but they've managed to do it for all three films, is that they managed to make a 100% grounded character like John Wick also a mythical character. You know, it's not like they don't they don't do any tricks like vampire tricks where he's suddenly in some place where he's not supposed to be. And then he's, you know, and then, you know, and, like, and then uh, some guy like me would go, he's dead. That's I, I figured the movie out. It's a trick. The guy's dead. <laughs> no, it, he's he's there. He he, he gets shot. He, he's in pain. He has conversations with other people. He talks to people, but he still somehow has a mythical aspect to him. And that movie just kind of maintains it even though they they you know they make them down to earth sometimes they go too far with the down to earth thing which is like you know say like die hard where john McLean is almost like an underdog even though he succeeds you know and then there's other stuff like there's like cobra where oh boy you know like yeah like come on like you know, that guy's not even real. Like while you're watching the film and you're enjoying it, you're like, this guy is, there's no way this guy's real. So like, well, I didn't, enjoy it. huh? I didn't enjoy Cobra. Well, I, I, I all right. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. One another voice of reason. In this I'm not even saying Cobra's good. I'm just saying it. The guy is just, you know, like he, all the shit that he does in that movie, you, you are, you, you're watching it with tongue in cheek. The stuff that Keanu Reeves does in this movie is sort of mythical, but you also kind of believe that he could, you know, that he's the guy who's doing it, you know, yeah. that, that it can be done, what it, what he's doing. He's not, he's not floating or, you know, flying or using lightning out of his hands or any, any weird shit like that. So uh, I, I like this movie. I think, I think I like the second one a little better than this one, but, sure. I, but this one is the, you know, this one's the catalyst and I uh, know. Excuse me. I like the world building in the second one more than this one. It, it just really goes deeper. But uh, but yeah, this movie is great. I was really happy when I saw this on the roster. I was like, this is like a vacation week. <laughs> like I'm gonna get to sit down and watch John Wick. <laughs> so 
you know yeah i I almost didn't have to watch it i've I've actually seen this film this so many times that i almost didn't have to watch but i really just wanted to and i'm glad i did because i was i was talking to mike earlier about this when i uh i i've i've caught this movie on tv so many times usually like it's already started or it's halfway through where it's i'll watch one particular sequence in the middle whatever i'd really forgotten about that whole first 15 to 20 minutes of the film leading up to the first event. And you, you forget how much of that a is silent and how much of there's really just, it's all just visual. And they yeah. do, he does a real, it's, it's almost like it's a different movie. It's been leading up to that first section. Cause it's like just the feel and everything is so not visceral. You know, they make all the contact and tell you all the story you need, but they do it in such a different way that, it's it's so funny, but it doesn't feel out of place. It just feels like it's getting you to the place you need to be at the right time. Uh, but I uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting uh, Latham to- and also wait yo and also Ian McShane. So yes, yes, always, <laughs> always there's always that in Ian McShane. Thank God um, for Ian McShane. You know That's it's funny. Also- every time I see him in something, or I, I hear him announced as being in something. I always think, man, how old is he? But he's not. He's not old as as old as I think he is. <laughs> Well, he's a uh, seventy. He's in his seventies, right? But I'm, his... but I'm saying for like the last ten or twelve years, yeah. Every time I see him announced for something, I'm always just like, "Man, I'm really glad Ian McShane's still around." But I'm, and I'm like, he's not that old. There's movies, I, there's movies from the fifties with him. There's psychedelic yeah. movies That's... with him in the. That motherfucker is seventy-eight. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I knew he was in he's his seventy-eight. 70s. Seventy-eight. Okay. All right. Well, so I'm Patrick pretty... Stewart's older than him. Either way, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's, <laughs> I'm glad he's still working. So. Uh, yeah. Latham, what is, uh, what's your thoughts on John Wick? I'm going to grab my book right here because my review of it, my book, is very well phrased. Oh, boy. <laughs> In my review, I wrote, I, I think I better preface this This, this, this is your theatrical I, I, review of seeing it in the theater. I didn't see it in okay, the theater. Right. I, I, saw, I only saw it at home, and this is the second time I've okay. seen it. All right. So I, I'm not a, as enamored with this movie as the three gentlemen who are speaking on this podcast right now i okay when all is said and done where the fuck are the cops that's my review of this movie all i could think about while watching this is there's no fucking policeman anywhere and it started to bother me and get annoying and i don't know it just that put me off that put me off that this like whatever hassan's calling it this world building thing this this barely underneath the surface universe is you know it's a it's just a little much this story needed to be fine-tuned a little bit the movie's gorgeous it looks great but you got a really really basic story here with very limited cleverness it's style over substance you know like you know it it's true you know Keanu Reeves is not He's not a great actor. I'm sorry. He's just not. I don't a think great you'll get actor. that argument from any of us, but his, his presence is and how he looks and all that is 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 fine. But you know, and it, he can sell this part very easily. Okay, I mean, almost anyone could if you put the right makeup on them and made their hair a certain length. Okay, and they were physical enough. All that stuff is great and fine. It it just. I, I just, I kept wanting that moment to come where I bought it. And I, I just, it never came. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a decent movie that 
obviously is already anointed and well-regarded by everyone as a neo-noir action movie. And, you know, I, I, I guess I have to see the two sequels and then maybe I can say, okay, they, they moved on with the idea and made a couple of better films. I haven't seen either of the sequels. Uh, I just don't, I, I, the bad guys are, they seem a little bit outside the realm of what is realistic. The, you know, everything that the action scenes are great, but they're not, again, it, there's no, details in the action scenes besides them being really stylistically shot that that make me elevate this movie to a higher level they everything looks great great fighting great blood great everything it's just the driving force behind it never never got me and the second time I watched it, I thought I would enjoy it more or see what I didn't see in the first one and it didn't happen I just I thought the same as I thought when I, when I watched it the first time. And frankly, I, you know, I kind of want to see the sequels, but you know, after listening to you guys talk, that would propel me to see the sequels more than my own thoughts on the movie. I, I just don't, it, it just doesn't resonate with me. And I don't know what I'm missing to tell you the truth, because everyone I know loves this movie. I don't know anyone who dislikes it. And that's, uh, that's kind of, it's kind of like the true romance thing, uh, I guess. Uh, everyone I know loves true romance. I'm the only one who dislikes that movie. So maybe I just don't resonate with violent action thrillers. I don't know. Uh, Blaine, listen, I, I'm I'm in the same boat with you in 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 the in the Spider-Man Two category. You know, I I I despise Spider-Man Two except for Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, and everyone claims that that's the best Spider-Man movie until until the new ones, or at least the, lots of people do. That's true. You know? And I'm just like that's I don't. True. I don't get it. I, 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 you know, Hey, listen, whatever. Everything's not going to appeal to everyone. I just, you know, I, I thought that this was kind of like, it almost was kind of like a perfect storm to me. This is everything came together in one, in one place at one time and everything just sort of clicked. Uh, you know, for me, I can't speak to anyone else. Uh, I think it did for a lot of people, but I, I think, oh, I mean, oh. I think, I think that most people, the way most people saw, I think the movies that, the quote unquote action films that Keanu had done prior to this. I think probably the one that probably, if you ask a group of people, what's the best action movie Keanu Reeves did outside of this, people are probably going to say point break. It probably goes back that far or speed um, well, matrix. Well, yeah, he's, or the, or matrix, again, matrix, he's yeah. got a lot of, he's got a lot of filler. In he his does. Career. He absolutely I mean, does. But I think, uh, but then, but then he hits a, then he hits a, a bullseye, you know, with the Matrix or yeah, the Keanu Sons. We like have a Keanu Sons every, every about fifteen <laughs> years. I, I think <laughs> Keanu's Keanu's big tri- trick, and from what I've heard, um, is that he he seems to be like the the one actor out there who actually like really puts in the work to do all the stunt work himself. And oh, like, for sure, he's for like ninety percent of his own stunts in this first film. Yeah, and I've I've heard that from people who have like worked with them, and it's been because I worked on a Joel Silver thing a long time ago, and it was right while they were doing the Matrix. So, uh, so like lots of the crew had worked with them, and they were all like, "Yeah, he puts in so much work to do everything as much as he can, and it just makes the entire thing better because he's actually there doing all the stuff that he's uh, he looks like he's doing." 
Yeah, the, the director actually met him on uh, Matrix uh, Revolutions and what's the uh, what's the other one? Revolutions and and uh, 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 Reloaded. Revelations. Reloaded. Reloaded and Revolutions. Reloaded yeah. and Revolutions. Yeah. Um, he was Keanu's stunt double uh, actually mm-hmm. on those two films, uh, and it's where they got to know each other. And Derek Kolstad, the screenwriter, had known Stahelski from before as well. And uh, you know, he Derek Kolstad he his movie before before this one was a movie with Steve Austin and uh, Dolph Lundgren, which I have not seen the, the package. Is that right? Is that, is that this, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's the newer version. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the the original package. package, Not the Gene Hackman one. Right. But, um, but yeah, so I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that one, but uh, I have seen his latest film, which is nobody, which uh, is absolutely, which is, that's the movie I would have thought you guys would have gone to see um, Latham. He wanted to see it. He wanted to see it too. He just got enamored by mortal. That's I funny. Know. I don't know. Why. I think he was, I think <laughs> he was uh, torturing you, but that will just, we'll just go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I think the all three of the matrix films, you know, we're, we're not going to go in depth on the second and third ones, but um, you know, I, they kind of speak for themselves. I don't, I don't know anyone uh, who hasn't seen at least, one of these movies i know i know people have seen two and who haven't seen three or one and i know people who have seen the third one and not seen the first one and and just all every possible permutation there's but somebody's seen some aspect of these films i mean i mean they're on tv all the time i mean there's i mean right. they're just on all the time and i mean they are they're just there you can unplug and just sit back and watch these and just and just and you can jump and they're nice because honestly for me, I can jump into any of these films at any time. I'm so comfortable in all these movies, in like watching all these movies that I can literally come in at any time and I'm, I don't feel like I'm behind or I miss something or, or anything like that. You just right up to speed and you just go, you just, you just hop in the car and go. I can ruin the, I can ruin the second and third movie for you very easily. <laughs> for me? No, you ruin for later. Yeah. Uh, anybody i won't care anybody i wouldn't um uh, i'm talking about the matrix so i'm not talking about the john wick movies i'm just saying oh yeah you can't you ruin the third you, one because it's a piece you can of ruin shit. both of them because i don't really give a shit about it the, there's the a there's one. like there's like a thing with the uh, terminator 2 where you can once you notice something you can't unnotice it and there's a quirk through that entire movie of terminator 2 that you know once you point it out you will not be able to not notice it Whenever it happens, and there's kind of like Shannon Doherty's eyes, huh? Like Shannon Doherty's eyes. Yes, when someone tells you about her eyes, you can't not notice that their eyes are are, are slightly misaligned. Uh, as people, I have people scrambling to go look at Shannon Doherty's eyes now, <laughs> <laughs> who have never noticed. Yeah, just go on Google it. Don't yeah. don't yeah. don't go. accost Shannon Doherty in real <laughs> yeah, life. Don't, people, don't, yeah, right? don't, don't find her terror mask off and look at her eyes. <laughs> yes, just, please do not do this. Yeah. We we do not condone that 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 kind of behavior. But um. But there's a there's a there's a quirk in the Matrix and the other in this in the second and third Matrix that it happens every like. But is there? Yeah, no, there is. I've, <laughs> I've, I bent the spoon and everything. I know but it's is there. there. I know it's there. <laughs> I, it is there. And you can, and it happens every like 10, 15 minutes. And once you notice it, you can't like it's like. Is it just the third one? <clears throat> no, the second and third one. There, there. You can literally count. You could take a drink. Well, not you, Steve, but uh, anybody, anybody else who's like could take a drink every time a character says, "Oh no," and now in real life, human beings 
Do not say, oh, no, that is that is strictly a writing quirk. Oh, no. In my life, they say, oh, no, all the time. When something goes wrong, no one says, oh, no, (laughs) it doesn't happen. They don't they don't say it under their breath like, oh, no, it doesn't. It's not real. And this happens at least 20 times per both movies. Like just Uh, and unless you're John Lennon. Huh? Unless unless you were John Lennon. I mean. Oh no! Oh. You're not going to pronounce your your girlfriend's <laughs> last name. You're not going to call her Ono. Oh, no. okay. It's not going to happen. It's Yoko. Oh no! <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> wow, that joke was Latham. Yeah, it, that was. That was <laughs> I, I was about to make it worse too, and I held back right now because <laughs> it would not be appropriate for this podcast. I don't know how that it can even be possible, but okay. Oh, oh, it definitely could. <laughs> like be. in in uh, Terminator Two, every car that gets destroyed is like a Lincoln Skylark. Oh, it, it, oh, that's it's it's like it's the same car like they got the they got the car from this for you know like the one warehouse you know and almost every car is like the same car that gets destroyed it could also be a, a trick that they've used i know it's more modern but i don't know if it was being used in t2 but they have cars and the like for fast and furious they get the they build the fancy outside but they just toss on some yeah. garbage body so they can do whatever they want with it and not actually wreck a, you know, a hundred thousand right, dollar right, car right. Yeah. by the panels or whatever. And then pay yeah. off. Yeah. Well, whichever quirk they use. I mean, like once you notice, like that's the same car, that's the same car. That's every, every car that gets destroyed. It's like, that's Jesus funny. Now, now I want to <laughs> yeah. go look now. I got to go look. Um, <laughs> Mike, let me ask you a question. What's your, what's your favorite scene in, uh, in John Wick? Wick. Ooh, I know, have actually, I have one scene that I absolutely love in this movie, and it's probably not one you expect, but there's one scene in this movie that I love, and I learned something new about it in doing the research for this show. So, in re in rewatching, I actually really liked when they uh they shared the story of who John Wick was, mostly because of how spare it is and how just how it plays out, and it's like all the with Vigo and Avi in the sun. Yep. Okay. Yep, and it's just like all the quiet in between and they don't go into too many details. Like he's like, Oh yeah, he killed a guy. He killed three people with a pencil once, yeah. but like <laughs> fucking pencil, <laughs> fucking pencil. Other than that, like you don't get details of all the stuff he did. You just know that he did all this vaguely defined right. crazy shit. And it built the foundation of this empire that, that these right. guys are, are living on. I just really just liked how exposition. well that, Yeah. 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 And just the way it played out, just the tone it set the world that it built and it just it did a lot of work with not very with not not a whole lot of talking what's yeah. funny is like that when you watch the second and third movie you realize how small beans that guy was you know in comparison to how you know enormous oh, yeah yeah that universe is he clearly you know? had status but yeah i mean that universe is ma- is massive it's, I mean, it's worldwide yeah. obviously but um asan do you have a scene that that jumps out to you that stands out to you um, I think I said it already. Is that scene where he kills uh, Theon, where he just kind of walks out of the... Oh, where he comes, okay. He, he causes all this, like, hellscape, and he just kind of, he literally just saunters out of the hellscape, and... It's just like, you know, finally. Me- yeah, methodically just shoots him, and then that's... And then he walks away, and he, they show him walking away, too. Like, they, they, they hold the scene for the whole thing. It's my favorite. Hands down, my favorite scene. Is, I w- I'd ask Latham, but I don't know if Latham has a favorite scene. I don't okay. have one. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, my favorite scene hands down in this film uh, is the scene where he comes up behind Kevin Nash, uh, where Kevin Nash is guarding the door to the club and he comes up behind him and he's just like evening. 
And he's like, oh, hello, Mr. Vic. <laughs> like, you're looking good. You look like you've lost some weight. And he goes, yeah, it's about 60 kilograms. Or he's like, or, well, he says it in kilograms, but about 60 pounds is the converted number. And, uh, and he says, uh, why don't you take the night off? He says, he just turns and kind of looks at him and just says, thank you, Mr. Vic, and just walks away. <laughs> So what I've come to find out and the reason that he was let allowed to leave at that point was he was actually asking him how many guys were in the club. Ah. And he told him 60. He basically was asking for a piece of information. And, you know, and Stahelski said this in an interview that that was actually what was going on, that he was telling him that's how many guys were in the club. So I thought that was, I just thought it was an interesting, I mean, there's no reason why anyone watching the movie would ever know that. Obviously it's not one of those things that, you know, an insider is going to know only because the fact that they decided, you know, when they were doing it, that they were going to do it that way. But that's just my favorite for as far as just someone respecting who he is, you know, considering this guy hasn't been around for five years and he just comes up on this guy on the door and this guy on the door knows who he is. And is just like, thanks very much. Have a good night. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a running gag in all those movies. Everybody knows him, and everybody's on a name first name basis yeah. with him, pretty much. It's like, like the hey, joke, John. It, it's like the joke from Big Jake. I heard you were dead. Not hardly. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. every time somebody sees him. Also, how great is it? Well, not Latham, but how great is it that <laughs> out of nowhere, Willem fucking Defoe just shows up, and he's like a player in the you know like he's, yeah, and he's and he's seven no minutes of screen time. About him. Yeah, yeah, seven minutes of screen time, but he's like, but and I can see where honestly where this might actually annoy Latham this this part of the movie because I feel like that that character is inserted to I mean they set him up at the beginning by having him show up at the funeral and show that there's clearly an established relationship there. That's cheap casting in my opinion, but I mean it's not it's not cheap. It's yeah, they paid a lot for him probably. <laughs> well, it, well, and that's the thing. Force it feels very it feels. It feels manipulated and forced, but well, I, I would just would have thought you just I mean, just the actual usage of that particular character, the fact that it's Willem Dafoe is irrelevant, but I, I don't think it is, but yeah, but I see what you're saying. You're saying something separately. I feel like that he's put there to, in one instance, he warns him in another instance, he literally saves him, saves his life, you know, by right. being there. So it's not like, you know, there's two instances where he potentially could have been killed if not for Willem Dafoe, you know? So there, it's a very, it's, it's a very, and I, and I don't think people look at this enough. I, it's a very humanizing. It's two very humanizing moments for his character that aren't really pushed to the forefront at all. It's merely done as, Oh, I've got this, you know, guardian angel out there who's a buddy of mine who's kind of keeping, you know, watching my back or whatever. Yeah. And the way it's arranged, you don't really even know he's, he's guarding him until like almost the last scene with it, because he's fighting a, a what's her name in the hotel room. And Willem Dafoe looks like she's interrupting his ability to, to take right. him out. Right. You know, Until he so you don't really, pillow. Even, yeah. 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 Uh, so you don't even realize that he was actually looking after him until, you know, several scenes later, and then it then it kind of reveals itself, and you're like, oh, all right, that makes either that because because otherwise he's the worst sniper 
in the business. <laughs> right. Right. And very clear, yeah. Right. And very clearly he's there to, you know, with the shot through the stained glass at the at the church, he's very clearly good at what he does. Yeah. But you know, here or there. It's it's a weird, it's a weird aspect of the movie that I never really thought of before watching it this time, that his character is there and very clearly saves him from two really bad situations. Now there's no reason to believe necessarily that he would not have gotten past the Miss Perkins incident, but, yeah. uh, or well, the other one, it, yeah, the other one, but the other one, that was a little bit more iffy. I almost think that, you know, he was on his way to losing at that point, you know, before Willem Dafoe smokes that dude. So, yeah, you know, there's something to be said there for for what that character is and does and then how much he's actually just sort of like, I don't want to say disregarded. And obviously he's, an, he's a trigger at the end for him to actually go after, go back after Vigo and after kind of everything was already said and done at that point. Yeah. I mean, because Vigo honestly could not could have just not gone after Willem Dafoe and they would have just gone their separate ways. I don't think, you know, the, the, yeah, contra- he was done. the contract was gone. Perkins was still fucked anyway, but I mean, that was before that ever happened. But I mean, honestly, they could have just got, that would just would have been the end of the movie. But, you know, it was kind of like, he's almost there to like add another 15 minutes onto this movie. You know, it's just, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird, it's a little bit of a clunky addition, I think, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not clunky enough to draw me out of the movie or, or in any way hurt my enjoyment probably based on the fact that it is Willem Dafoe and <laughs> I just assume watching Willem Dafoe in anything as not. So let's see. Do you guys notice that the doctor at the continental is the key maker? Yes. From, no. from matrix two. Yes. Uh, the screenwriter's it. grandfather's his, uh, his 88 year old grandfather's name is John wick. And does uh, the inspiration for the movie title and the name of the character. Oh, wow. Uh, Colstad originally wanted Johnny Depp for the role of John wick. But uh, Johnny Depp turned it down, and that's where we uh, get Keanu Reeves. Could you imagine Johnny Depp? Uh, He'd have to really dirty himself up. <laughs> he could have shown up as fucking Jack, Jack Sparrow, you know, and just been like, hello, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> I don't think there'd be yeah. three of them. So originally, <laughs> cat, originally cast in the, in the Ian McShane role was Jason Isaacs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, who dropped out and Ian McShane ended up taking over. Uh, nice. he, J- Derek Kolstad wrote the original draft of the script in a month. And he then spent two years trying to get it made. It's not that hard of a, it's not that complicated. Here, of a here, story. Here's something for you, lady. Did you notice yeah. the, 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 the repeated use of the, the line be seeing you, John? Uh, I mean, I, I remember it now. Yeah. You know what it's a reference to the prison? No. Oh, wow. And, they, okay. and, they, and, and that continues on through all three films. That's a continued, oh, nice. that's okay. a continued reference to the see, uh, be seeing you, John. Wow. It's, it's pretty okay. interesting. Uh, and apparently, so in this movie, he kills 77 people on the, on the kill Jeez. count for the movie. And wow. uh, the very first, this, this is kind of funny. Now, now if, this, if the math is done correctly, so the very first words that John Wick speaks to Alfie Allen at the gas station when Alfie Allen comes up to ask him about the car and he's like, Oh, what is this a 70? And John turns to him and says 69. Uh And apparently if the kill count number is right on IMDB, Alfie Allen is the 69th 69th. person he kills. 
in the movie. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's just dumb luck or incredibly crazy planning, but <laughs> did you oh, notice that's... in the Red Circle Club that the whole room of the whole room of guys that he kills are all wearing red shirts? No. Yeah, I mean I yeah. They're all wearing I black suits, color. but they're all wearing red shirts. No. Little another little nod to uh <laughs> the prisoner. To re- no, to Star Trek. <laughs> Oh, red shirts! I didn't baby. even get that. Okay, red, red shirts, baby. <laughs> Pretty good, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I understand where uh, you know it might not be your cup of tea. Uh, what was your when we did uh, Latham when we did that Indonesian film with uh, with Joe Conrath? Oh, um, the night becomes us. The night becomes yeah. Yeah. What did you, what did you? Th- I forget what you thought of that. Uh, that is, I believe, right at the same level. The fighting style is the same, right? No, it's a, it's actually not. Keanu's is more of a, a more judo based, and then he go, he, he okay. goes up against a few different fighting styles in this movie. But uh, the the fighting style in that movie is more based around Silat, which is an Indonesian. I like that movie better than this, just a little okay. bit. All right, I was just I would, by a quarter of a. Star. Have you ever seen the raid? Yeah, I don't like that movie. Uh, that is. That's the one where you go in the building, Correct. right? Yes. Is there another name for it? Uh, uh, well, that's the raid. The raid, raid, re- and the raid redemption. No, the raid redemption. Raid. Oh, the, fir- the yeah, first. The second one is called the raid two, right? Yeah, the second one is the raid two. The first one is called the raid redemption. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, raid redemption. Uh, can't fault the fight scenes. They're great. Not much here, though. So again, it's. All these movies, it's hard to balance that. I need a, I need more of a story with any right. fight. I need, I need more creative like plot to get past. Um, I can't just watch a movie with just fight scenes and and love it. It's hard for me okay. to. So and had all those were at the same level. Basically. Okay. And then did you see um, the kind of American remake of the Raid Redemption, which is known as Dread? No. Okay. All right, did not, didn't even know that. Existed. Well, no, I mean it's 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 a Judge Dread movie, but it's essentially the same kind of story. They oh. get locked into a building. Him and another cop get locked into a building and basically have to fight their way through multiple floors of bad guys to get to the end of the movie. So, I mean, at this point now, if you if you make a movie about fighting your way out of any structure or thing or anything, I'm gonna. I mean. You're making the same movie again unless you somehow thicken the plot. So I think it's every op- every type of that movie has been made. Okay. And I think, you know, honestly, I think that's where you actually might enjoy uh, Wick 2 and especially 3 more. Because there's def... 3, there's more stunts, I think. Well, there's, heard, a lot, more there's a lot more story act. and there's a lot more going on. Um and the nice thing about the sequels in, in uh, at least two and three, two starts about a week, give or take, after the end of the first one. And the end and three starts literally from the same point that two ends. It's like it's like literally the same minute. Oh, nice. So it's, OK, it's like cool. two and three are almost you can watch almost as one film all the way through and you're right in the same timeline. But. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. I go back to Old Boy a lot because the fight, the hallway fight scene in Old Boy, the original, I haven't old, seen it. the original Old Boy, 
Still haven't seen it. There's a hallway fight scene in that movie. That's what I heard. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. I mean, it's all done and essentially in one tracking shot. And it's and it's not from the standpoint that I mean, that's a whole different technological thing in itself, because that's just a, 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 just an unbelievable amount of choreography to go through. Yeah. In that. And plus the way it's shot in like this, this traveling, it's really, kind of, it's a really amazing shot, but I think that's one of the earlier examples of that, like psychs of like almost like mega fighting, you know, this like mega fight scene style, the movies that you're talking about, which are based, which are really more about action sequences and fight choreography than they are about story. You're right. They are. I mean, there's definitely, I think that, that not necessarily they go into it thinking story is second, but they're going to showcase the entertainment value of, of great fight sequences right. as opposed to that. And it's just not your thing. I get it. I mean, Same not that you did people watch MMA for a sport. I mean, Correct. I don't find it that interesting, but some people live for it. And, and well, right. But were, did you 30 ever, years ago? It didn't exist. So. Right. But were you ever a fan of boxing? Uh, no, not really. Okay. All right. I mean, cause I mean, it just evolved. That's an evolution. That's an evolution of boxing really is all it is. It's a, fun, it's a fight sport. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, if it's, listen, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. There's certainly nothing to be, you know, there's nothing to be made about it. It's just, yeah, it's, I you need, know. I need like my favorite action scenes or fight scenes involve well-planned out logistics. And this was just go in, kill everything, go out, go in, kill everything, kill out. And I or go out. I just, it, it's not bad. I mean, there's a lot of good scenes in it. Well-acted. I just, uh, it barely doesn't resonate with me. This is the best way I can put it. It is a totally absurd movie if you're not into the I genre. Mean, I mean, yeah, where are the cops, dude? Where are I, the cops? Well, I, I got to say, no they, they, they answer that in the beginning, though, because when the cop shows up at his house, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. You guys are at it again. He's like, oh, yes. you got, you, he's like, you work. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. I like that. that. That's a funny sequence that he's like shows up and he like looks over his shoulder and there's just a dead body in the hallway. And he's like, you working again, John? Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, just sort of like, stuff no, out. okay. He's like, hey. he's like, well, I'll leave you to it then. <laughs> yeah. But no, I actually was, when I was doing the research, I was just trying to find it here. Cause when you brought up that point about there not being cops, I actually did read something about it's a, it's a choice. It was a conscious choice about them not having cops around that. I was going to, I was going to go back to it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find where I had read it. Plus check this out. Apparently uh, according <clears throat> to the director's commentary, the first cut of this movie was two hours and 20 minutes. Wow. Oh, and they, wow. they cut out 40 minutes of this. Wow. Is that does the director's cut exist? No. No. They didn't they didn't reveal much about the approximately 40 minutes that was cut out of the movie. They did mention that the ending fight between John and Vigo was cut down after they acknowledged that Vigo should not pose a big threat physically to John Wick. Yeah. Also yeah. said, David Leach said, there's a ton of great shots on the cutting room floor that's just Keanu Reeves walking in cool environments. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. I did like uh, Vigo's, uh, you know, he you know he hands a gun to what's his name? Mayhem guy. And uh, yeah, Dean Winters. He's like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's, and like, he's like, you know, he's, he's like, he's like Vigo, English, please. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as, uh, 
Keanu Reeves shows up if you just watch Vigo. Vigo is just completely resigned to the whole thing. He's like, oh, oh no, yeah, we're not getting out of here. You know, we're what. not getting to yeah. the helicopter. Yeah, but I mean, he did to himself. Very true. Yeah. Very on true. purpose. And it says <laughs> yeah. uh, producer Basil Ivanik said that in an interview with Synapse that the twelve-minute-long opening scenes of the film were almost three times longer in the director's cut. So, like the scene leading up to the point at which like he sees the guys at the gas station instead of being 12 minutes, we're like 30 minutes. Yeah. That's not smart. <laughs> a movie like this needs to get right to the point. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. they definitely did the right thing. I'd be really yeah. interested to see what that, tw- that director's got looked like though. Although also though, I think, I think the beginning is a big, big reason why it works so well. Like, uh, you know, also like, you know, you kill a guy's dog. Of course he's going like murder everybody that he runs yeah. into. Because there was no need for it. There really wasn't. I think wasn't. that's a huge point, actually, of why this movie has such a high appeal is the simple yeah. trope that he's avenging his dog. This guy's dog, and people don't like people, you know, a lot of people have dogs and they like dogs, their dog better than they like people. Mm-hmm. And that's I really think that's a reason why people adore this movie. Yeah. It could very well be. Maybe that's why I don't get it. You really do get the sense, though, if they hadn't killed his dog, that he would have just got his car back. You know, like Vigo would have given him his car back and apologized, and it would have all been there would have been no movie. It was the right. dog that was the catalyst for the whole thing. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, mm. so I guess uh, I guess we've John Wicked this uh, to death. So uh, there it goes, John Wick. Okay. So, uh, Mike, this is where we. Um, uh, normally we do a, a segment here called the martini where we talk about um, the director of your feature film uh, and his other films. Now, <clears throat> Chad, they're all, they're all John Wick films. So. All, <laughs> well, he actually has, it's funny. You should say that he has 11, he has 11 director credits on IMDb. And it's funny because the only three that have come out are the three John Wick films <laughs> and everything else is either in pre-production or announced. <laughs> he is the announced director on the Highlander remake. Uh, and a, uh, he's in pre-production apparently uh, on a film adaptation of Ghosts of Tsushima uh, of the video game. Looking forward to that. So He'd probably be- do a good job with that. Yeah. The game is ridiculous. And do you and Hassan, do you know the Sandman Slim books? No. They're like a they're like an occult investigator mystery series. No. Oh, I don't know that. Apparently he's also announced as the director of that film adaptation as well. So, well he's busy. Yeah, well <laughs> he's yeah, busy. he's definitely in 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 high demand now and uh apparently he's attached to something else called Killer Be Killed with uh that's based on an Ed Brubaker comic book. So interestingly enough. All right. Nice. But yeah, so Chad Stahelski, unfortunately, uh, his body of work is essentially the first three John Wick films. So um, of which I will pick John Wick two. <laughs> and I will pick John Wick three. Cause I, uh, I was, I was, I was revisiting in my brain well, actually, when I got done doing my background on stuff for the first film, I started looking into the second and third. And if nothing else, you have to appreciate the amount of training that goes into what these actors are going into 
for these films, you know, like, like John Wick ahead of like the third film went in four months ahead of his normal training time because he knew that in the third movie, there was going to be motorcycle chases, horseback chases. There was going to be all this other stuff that they'd never done before on any of the films. So it's like, there was all this other training he needed, like Halle Berry, like her sequences, like her character. And you know, she's in the third one, like Halle Berry. Uh, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> yeah, that's a spoiler. She's in. Yeah, the movie. I don't care. So her thing, <laughs> she has these two dogs with her all the time. These two trained, um, they look like German shepherds, but they're Belgian Malinois. And mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what they we, got, we got dog schooled just now. <laughs> yeah. Could you say that again? In- <laughs> oh, could your dog explain that to me? Yeah. <laughs> What kind of dogs were those again? Belgian Malinois. <laughs> anyway, they look like German Shepherds, but smaller. Anyway, instead of having what they normally would do in a situation where they have someone who has trained dogs with them all the time in a movie, which is have a dog trainer standing just off camera, constantly shouting commands, getting the dogs to do whatever, they actually trained Halle Berry to train these two dogs so that they would directly follow her commands on screen so that that way, when she was commanding them on screen, they would actually listen to her as opposed to having a third party off screen doing the commanding. And that seems pretty ridiculous. And she that spent, is like, she spent eight months in the, doing that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, that's, a, well, that's, that's impressive, man. Yeah. That's a, that's it's a, ri- that's I don't mean ridiculous in a bad way. Yeah. That, 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 that's my, that's not my bad you know ridiculous that is a ridiculous scene i remember uh i saw that one in theater yeah so i was like jesus that was one of the, <laughs> that's one of the movies that i went to the theater that's one of my one of my four trips in 10 years to the movie theater to see a movie is is parabellum yeah. <laughs> that I halloween just, I 2018 will i will be of service oh, halloween, 2018. <laughs> halloween 2018 parabellum mad max fury road and mad max. What a movie. Please, Ooh, please do not say Fury Road in the same sentence as this or Howard the Duck or any of the other fucking movies we've done. Okay, just. <laughs> but, but you just did. Yeah, you, just, you just did. I didn't. <laughs> did. I actually to. didn't say that in the same sentence. I'm allowed. You to. did. <laughs> I'm allowed. It's Latham's world. We're just living in it. Pretty much. It's 1153. That should tell you all you oh, need. Oh, boy. Here we go. Seven actually, minutes away from me. Hey, can, can I tell you? Actually, it's an hour later for us. Favorite movie of mine? <laughs> what? Can I tell you this guy's favorite movie of mine? Chad Stahelski? Yeah. Sure. Are you sure? Could be a, just Brace. a bad joke, Stevie. Brace yourself. I would, I, would be sho- <laughs> I would be shocked if it was a bad joke. <laughs> the memes are coming. I don't, uh, coming. I don't have, I mean, obviously my favorite movie of his would be John Wick. It's the only one I've seen of his. Obviously. But my, but my favorite lawsuit of his is when he got sued by the family of the stuntman who died on The Expendables 2. That would be my favorite lawsuit. I, I didn't know you had a favorite lawsuit, but is, what, what's the point to that? I don't know. Okay. I just thought it was interesting that he was sued for, for being the, the stunt coordinator on a movie and one of the stuntmen died. Okay. And you like The Expendables. So I do like The Expendables. I do like them. But, I mean, people 
people die on movie sets. It's happened before. It'll happen again. Uh, it's especially movies that have the Lots level of stunts. stunts that those movies do. That's yeah. That's you know it's something not that. Uh... And guess what? People get sued. No, <laughs> I'm not going to be funny sued. when you look. When it you is. Look... It is. That was me. I'm sorry. That that it is relevant. That if we're talking about that guy's career, though, if I mean John you know... John Landis was sued yeah. for what he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, relevant. I mean, that that is that is the granddaddy of all like negligence lawsuits. You know, this guy was on the crow too with Brandon Lee, Uh, but oh, it's relevant because I don't know if we can correlate that though. That's uh, it would be a a little bit different though because he, unless he's the armor, he wouldn't be the guy who. Yeah, he was a stunt uh, double for Brandon Lee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was. He and, was and, and only so he could have been the one taking the bullet. Actually. He was the he stunt could. double for Brandon Lee after Brandon Lee was killed. So right. he wasn't even there when it. Yeah. He wasn't. No, he wasn't the coordinator. It's just a stunt double for him. Reshoots only uncredited. But. Right. Exactly. So it, it's on the. When you look up the stuff about the him getting sued, though, there's no. There's no follow-up. It just says, oh, he got sued by the family. He probably settled it. It's got to be, right? Because why would they have nothing nothing after that? I I, Also, just from being somewhat familiar with the way that contracts are, there could have been something in the contract that would have just possibly gotten the suit thrown out on its face. Right. Um, just because I mean, and especially with stunts, you, there's there's a lot of assumed risk. So, yeah, sure. I just, especially yeah, on the stuntman's part yeah. and there's Wikipedia, but yeah i mean there's you know there's a difference between like you know that or like john landis or like uh the guy down in georgia a few years ago who got the camera assistant killed where that's like clear neglect and oh on the, the movie planning. about uh greg allman yeah <laughs> yeah oh man are you that, kidding was that movie ever even released it's i don't think it was it was never even finished because that was uh that was a okay. pre-production day that was they do oh, it. Wow. The, the, oftentimes, the day before the first official day of filming is a camera test, and that's yeah. when they film random stuff that makes it into the movie. What was? Oh, uh, gotcha. How did the guy get killed? Sorry to be more. It, it was a young woman actually, and uh, they were setting up without permit on a on a trestle bridge or at the end of a trestle bridge, and and I, and listen, as a kid who used to walk from town to town on train tracks. The whole time I grew up and I never had an issue figuring out when a a train was coming. (laughs) Well, we didn't have any big, long bridges we had to cross. That's one thing. (laughs) But there was never a time when we couldn't tell when a train was coming. I'm sorry. You know, it's like if especially with with a lot of these situations, if you're out in the middle, you're not like and we were alongside a big highway that had a lot of car, a lot of like, you know, automobile noise going on all the time. But, you know, when a train's coming, you know, I think it it was the placement of they they had props and the camera set up and they were and they they hung out clearly too long. And that was like, yeah, yes. like they thought that they had it planned and had somebody like watching out and giving the call. But exactly. then by the time they they were trying to get everything off and that was what that was what got people. Killed. She got hit by the train. 
She got she got hit by a piece of I thought she got hit by a piece of something that got hit by the train and it it hit her or something like that. I didn't think she actually got hit by the train. There's lots of morbid details. Yeah. And and once it it came out, basically, that they had not even approached the or they had approached the railroad and the railroad said no, they were basically fucked. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to ask for for like actual. Oh, sorry. Like, no, I mean, I'm not even you. You didn't. I'm just saying I I wasn't really even requesting that. I just wanted to know the details of the the situation. Yeah. Um yeah. uh and the guy went to jail. Yeah. So well, the, Landis was first of all Landis like screwed everything up, right? Because the kids weren't even supposed to be working, right? At at that time of night. They should have been they should have all been stunt doubles because they were working with an actual helicopter overhead, you know. So, but I mean, you know, unfortunately took advantage of Vic Morrow's like, you know, current status as an actor and sort of cajoled him into, you know, into, into doing things that he shouldn't have been. I mean, he was negligent in just about every way possible. And he got away with it. Yeah. He walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Midnight Rider, uh, unfinished American biographical film. Yep. What was it? Uh, It was called Midnight Rider and it was unfinished. It's an unfinished biographical about the Allman brothers, about right? Greg, no, about oh. Greg Allman. No, just Greg Allman. Yeah. As if, as, as if his story of the Allmans yeah. needed more tragedy in there, you yeah. know, and there's yeah, even for, it's like, just stay away from the whole family. Like don't tell <laughs> stories about them. Don't try and tell the Leonard Skinner story. Don't, yeah. don't try and tell anything about the, the Allmans. Cause Jeez. it's just, it's a, there's clearly a curse involved. Yeah, they because yeah because they had they had approached CSX about filming on the on those tracks and they're like, you cannot film on our property there. And yeah, that's the guy, the guy went and set up anyway. That's a story that I hear a lot of times. I'm like, if it's something like that, I will actually. I if if I was in that situation, because I'd be the one trying to get permission, right? And if they were like, oh, we're gonna do it anyways, I'd be like, no, you're not. I'm gonna go there and make sure you don't but like i would stand in front of the camera i like when it's a safety thing that's where i that's where i take a stand but like i have been on shows where they've been like oh we're gonna do this thing and like i asked they said no yeah so like i'm not gonna come to work that day and you guys are gonna go do something you're not allowed to do that i told you're not allowed to do and i just you're gonna be the one that goes down for that i'm just gonna not know about it yeah Yeah. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at home taking a nap and uh you know that when (laughs) when he kicked out because you know you're the one you're the one's gonna get hit for it exactly Exactly. the first one anyway yeah yeah and also, it's like, you know, it's I still need to maintain that relationship with the person who told me no, so I can get them to maybe say yes to something else one day. Something there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on with us. Uh, uh, appreciate you bringing these two movies and uh, and coming and hanging out with us for a couple hours. Anytime. Thank you. He don't mean that. Thank you so much. That was his diplomat. That was his movie set anytime. Oh, yeah, guys. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll be happy to. (laughs) So thanks to Fesleyan Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com to listen to all of our previous episodes. And don't forget to download, subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And you can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all the major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Asan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Mike O'Neill, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and retired Russian assassin, Truman Burbank. 
Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.